kills and secures us until the day of redemption. So Pastor Venice, my main man to all the preachers who came out, to deacons, members and friends, to the lovely ladies downstairs. It's good to see everybody this morning. I have your Bibles, I want to call your attention to Genesis 32nd chapter. I want to carefully consider verses 24 through 30. When you found it, say, I've got it. You need a minute, say, wait a minute. All right, that's real good. That's real good. I'm reading from the King James Version says it this way, and Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of day. When he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go for the day breaker. And he said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. When he said unto, and when he said unto him, what is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men, and has prevailed. And Jacob asked him and said, tell me, I pray thee, thy name. He said, Wherefore is it thou doest ask after my name? And he blessed him there. Verse 30 says, And Jacob called the place Peniel, for I've seen the face of God and my life is preserved. Father, even now, we echo the sentiments of Pastor Venice, decrease me and increase your presence. Allow me not to be seen, Lord, allow you to be seen. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. One preach for a little while. It didn't come cheap. I gave it a wrong subject. I'm sorry. But we can hashtag it too. It comes at a price. Do me a favor and turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, neighbor. Are, you sure you are you sure you want to be blessed? It's going to cost you something. Wait a minute, you got the wrong neighbor, you got the wrong neighbor. They ain't really made up their mind like you say, neighbor, are you sure you really want to be blessed? All right, because I decided, I don't care how much it costs, I won't let go until God bless me. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, a forensic artist is one who can draw a sketch description of a person with only using verbal descriptions. A few years ago, a mother and her daughter went to visit a forensic artist. At the door read in bold black ink a sign that said, the person who is being drawn cannot enter the studio until after the sketch is complete. So the daughter went back and sat in the car while her mom went in. She walked in and greeted the artist with a smile. He said, describe your daughter to me. She began to express in vivid detail how beautiful her smile was, how well her skin glowed, how brown her eyes were, how fit her shape was. The artist made a note of it 
and said, have your daughter call me. They got home and the daughter called them, said, hey, this is Maya, uh, Kelly's daughter. Uh, my mom told me to call you. He said, all right, go ahead and, and describe yourself. She described herself a few days later. They came in uh, and they sat down, they talked a little bit. And so uh, during the conversation, he pulled out the pictures one by one. He said to the daughter, this is how you see yourself. This is how you see yourself. In the sketch, she looked dejected, dissatisfied, tormented, frustrated, depressed, suicidal, upset, displaced, unwanted, unloved. She looked as if she was barely holding on to life. She looked as though life had knocked the life out of her. So tears rolling down her face, he then revealed the other sketch. He said, this is how people see you. In the sketch her mom described, she looked happy, content, polished, beautiful, worry-free, joyous, healthy, peaceful. She looked as if everything was well and life couldn't get any better. The daughter said to the mother, uh, uh, who looked very concerned, it's amazing how it is you view me. It's amazing how makeup can cover up my pain, how, how some lip gloss can cover up what I'm going through. You, you never seem to notice the, the changes in my behavior. It amazes me that you put me on a pedestal that I'll never be able to reach. Uh, I, I've gotten good at disguising my pain and pretending to be perfect, but that goes to show you, Mom, God's keeping power because the description literally testifies to the fact that I don't look like what I'm going through. Is that anybody's testimony on the sunrise service that you don't look like what you're going through? And if you can be honest with yourself, the reason why you came to church this morning is because you needed a word from the Lord. The girl went on to say, Mom, I've been going through some stuff. I've been holding on to some stuff. I've been keeping some stuff bottled in. I've been holding on to it for a long time. The girl looked at her mom and said, well, since we're here now, I might as well tell you what's going on. I, I might as well tell you I've been posting crazy statuses on Facebook because I've been crying out for attention I never got from you. As a child, she said, I was molested by your sister, brother, and boyfriend. Uh, uh, they told me it was a game, and so I thought it was cool that they touched me inappropriately until I tried to play with my friends, and they told me it wasn't cool. So I've been holding on to that. Uh, I've been holding on to the fact you put me in before me, and you played favoritism with my siblings, and, and I felt like I came last. I've been holding on to that. So, so, so as a result, I started looking for love in all the wrong places. At 16, I got pregnant, had an abortion at Planned Parenthood, had one of my friends pose as you and forward your signature. And now I, I, I can't get over, I, I know I got other kids now, and I can't get over the one I let go. I've been dealing with the post-traumatic, psychological, debilitating stress of that. Uh, uh, she said, Mom, but, but don't look at me like that. Please, please don't judge me. Uh, you really don't know if you're pro-choice or pro-life until you find yourself in that circumstance. Mom looked at her again. He said, she said, Mom, Grandma already told me about the wire hangers. She said, my relationship with my husband 
is very inconsistent. We've been together for years only for me to accidentally check his phone to see inappropriate messages and pictures that weren't from me. Hotel receipts and in his email to, to places I've never been and I got an itch I had to take some penicillin to get rid of. Now I'm struggling with my self-esteem. I'm trying to figure out uh, what, what did I do wrong? I, I've done everything possible to satisfy him. I, I, I tried to do the very best I could as a wife. I tried, I tried, I tried. So what my husband did to me uh, made me relive my childhood. It, it made me remember what my father did to me, and I ain't got over that yet either. My, my bank account is negative. I go to work every day because I've been trying to feed an alcohol and shopping addiction to mask and deal with my pain. And she says, if I can be transparent with you, Mom, I know I'm your daughter, but I've been smoking a little weed because it calms my nerves. My, my kids have become rebellious because they think it's my fault. Their daddy ain't around. My, my twins, who I invested so much in, decided to postpone their future and bring me grandbabies while they're seniors in high school. So, so with tears in her eyes, she declares, I'm broken. I'm confused. I'm upset. But with all the things I'm dealing with, she declared, I praise God because I don't look like what I'm going through. I, I don't look like I lost my mind. I don't look like I lost my joy. I don't look like I lost my hope. I don't look like I lost my way. Is there anybody that can attest to the fact that I don't look like what I'm going through? She said, she said I got so many issues. I, I got to prioritize which one comes first. Uh, that's why I come to church. She says, because I come to church because I'm dealing with some stuff. Uh, I, I come to church not to be worried about who's sitting next to me, in front of me, in back of me, on the side of me, in the corner of me. I come to church because I got some issues. Uh, I, I come to church and, and, and clap my hands because I'm, I'm dealing with some stuff. I come to church because don't nobody know my story like I know my story. Don't nobody got to live with me like I got to live with me. And if you be honest, a lot of us come to church with a good smile on our face, but on the inside, broken. We come in church trying to mask our pain. With church colloquialisms, I'm blessed and I'm highly favored, and you ain't nowhere near that. Uh, you, you get out in the parking lot and you got tears rolling down your face and you got a lot of your kids. Mama okay, baby. Daddy's all right. We try to act as if nothing is bothering us. Uh, uh, because we feel like nobody would understand our pain. We try to convince ourselves that everything is okay and that's the worst person you can lie to. Uh, you, you say to yourself, I'm supposed to be everybody else's support system. But in reality, you can't even support yourself. So, so we wrestle with the idea of becoming an overcomer. 
We, we wrestle with the idea of becoming more than a conqueror. We, we, we wrestle with the idea of becoming a victor because the enemy has manipulated our minds into believing that we have to stay the victim. And as a result, our mind and our spirit is at war. We recognize the voice of God. We, we hear him, but we can't get past our reality. Our inward struggles suffocate, restrict, and restrain our inner, inward inabilities to be what God has called us to be. And we're like Jesus on Calvary's cross. We just can't tell which piece of us is broken. So as we walk through our text, we, we find Jacob, the fraternal twin brother of Esau, the grandson of Abraham, the son of Isaac, and Rebecca. The text says we, we find him alone. He sent his two wives ahead. He, he sent his two women servants ahead and his 11 sons. Jacob finds himself in intentional isolation. I imagine he, he has something on his mind. After all, Esau was trying to kill him. His mama heard, overheard a conversation about a blessing Esau was going to get. And Isaac was a mama's boy. And she said, listen, this is what you got to do. This, this is what you got to do. Uh, uh, you got to go and steal the blessing that your daddy about to give your brother Esau. He, he, said, he said, Ma, how am I going to do that? Esau red and hairy. How am I going to get away with that? Uh, she said, well, go out there to the yard and get some skin and get some hairy skin and put it on your hands and around your neck. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to cook the meal and you got to take it to your daddy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so I imagine, Corny, that he's dealing with that. Uh, uh, he, he's, he's wrestling with, with what he did because his last memory yes, sir. that he made with his father is that he stole something from him. Yes, and so he's dealing with that. He was used to, to being in the house watching scandal and soap operas with his mama. Uh, 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 uh. And so Esau found out what he did. Uh, Esau said, I'm going to kill him. So, so she texted him. She sent word and said, hey, you better come in the house real quick. Uh, he going to kill you and he be out there with wrestling lions, tigers, and bears. And you ain't about that life. You, you got to get out of here. So he was wrestling with that. So, so, so while he was wrestling with that, he, he, uh, his mama said, you got to go live with your Uncle Laban. Uh, you got to leave our house, your home. You got to get out because of something I did and go live with your Uncle Laban. So now he's, he's wrestling with that. Well, when he get to Laban's house, it don't get no better. Don't get no better. Uh, what happens at Laban's house blew my mind. Uh, Laban set him up. Uh, Laban said, I, I, got, I got a daughter named Rachel for you. I, I know you want her. She fine, ain't she? Uh, yeah, she, she real fine. Jacob said, yeah, she is. I, I want to marry her, so I do whatever you tell me to do. Wedding comes. When night comes, he, he goes in the room, 
And the Bible says, I didn't say this, the Bible says uh, he, he put her, he put him and Leah in a room together. The Bible said this, I didn't say this, and she was tender on the eyes. Uh, she, she looked like precious. Uh, I said that. She, she, she. <laughs> yeah. She looked like precious. He turned on Teddy Prendergrass. He ain't even light a candle for Jacob. No, nah, he said, you can't see her. You can't see her, Jacob. And so his, his cute Beyonce, Holly Berry-looking daughter, Rachel, uh, he had to do some more work to get her. And so after, after, after that, he, he finally got Rachel. Ha, ha, had a baby with Rachel and her sister. So he's dealing with baby mama drama. He, 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 he's trying to sort out how I got two baby mamas in the same house. He, so he's dealing with that. He, he, he's trying to sort out all of these things. Why uh, uh, Esau was on his track. And so he went to a place, the Bible says, to be alone. Because he was dealing with some issues. He didn't feel comfortable discussing with nobody. Uh, uh, and if you haven't felt like Jacob, uh, you haven't found yourself in a place all by yourself. Because uh, you're dealing with some stuff that you don't feel comfortable talking about to nobody else. Uh, those issues of, of molestation. Uh, because someone you trusted took advantage of you. The, the issues from the abortion. Uh, uh, because you're wrestling with how to explain that child. Uh, uh, so you've been dealing with those issues because you know that if you come to church with that baby, they're going to have something to say. Uh, so he's dealing with, with, with those kinds of issues. And, and you've been trying to figure out how every day gets harder. You, you, you tried to have relationships with men and women, but now you struggle with your sexuality. Even when you look in the mirror, it says that you are what you are, but your mind tells you you're something else. And so you wrestle with that maybe because your first experiences were tainted. Maybe your issue is that no one ever showed you love. And so you don't know how to give Take it or receive it. So you struggle with that. Maybe your issue is abandonment because you were placed in foster care and you got resentment and hatred towards your parents because they didn't want you. Maybe your issue is church hurt. Where it is you come to the place to be empowered and, and, and praise God, but you find out it's the biggest gossip committee that ever existed. You find that people can't accept your ministry, your gifts, or your calling because your approach is different from what they're experiencing in their reality. Maybe your issue is that you wanted a couple of forevers, but you got a few broken promises. Uh, so you're left alone with, with all of that stuff mounting on the inside. You've got money but you ain't got no joy. 
Jacob, Jacob was a, a rich man, so, so he would have had a billions and no peace. You got a house and not a home. You got a man and not a husband. He come to work smelling like, come home from work smelling like Dove soap and, and my cologne and baby powder. So here it is. I believe Jacob is dealing with some internal issues. Because he knows Esau is on his track. And, and in the midst of all of that, the text says a man came and wrestle with him until the breaking of day. If the text says that, that when he got there, if the text says that when he got there, he seen a man and he started wrestling with him, I would have been able to move on. All right, all right. But the text says a man came and wrestled with him. What kind of man comes and picks a fight with a person that says, I want to be alone? I imagine if Jacob was in the 21st century, he would have said, don't nobody bother me. Don't nobody call me. Don't nobody text me. Matter of fact, I'm turning off my phone. Don't even come to my house. I, I just need some space. Uh, 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 have you ever been there before? I tell your neighbor, I know that's right. I, I've been there. Been there before. Did some research, Pastor Venice, and many scholars believe that this is the pre-incarnated Christ. Yes, so, so, if, so if this is God wrestling with Jacob, yes, which I believe to be true, God is omnipresent and omniscient, yes, which means that when Jacob tried to escape from everybody else, yes, God was already there waiting on him in his lonely place because he knew he was going to be there. He knew that, that Jacob was going to be dealing with what, what he was dealing with. And that's a word for somebody that God will meet you in your lonely place. The, the songwriter says he was there all the time. He, he was there waiting patiently in line. He knew you was going to cry in the middle of the night. He, he knew you was going to experience some heartache and some headache. He knew your situation was going to be like this. He knew before you started your trial that you was going to end up in the situation that you're in. But I hear God say, I was there all the time. I was even there catch this when you were committing your sin. I was there at the club. I, I was there at the hotel. I, I was there at the bar. I, I was there at the crack house. I was there. But now, but now I got you all by yourself. Now that I got you all by yourself, I can help you deal with some things. All the stuff that you've been holding on to, all the stuff you've been dealing with, I can help you deal with that. I, I know you ain't invite me, but I invited myself. And isn't it good that we serve a God that when we're going through things, he invites himself into our situation. Said, I'm inviting myself. So God wrestled with Jacob until the breaking of day. Uh, uh, he wrestled with him uh, 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 from nighttime all the way until daytime. So, so God wrestled with Jacob until he was able to understand that he was wrestling 
with God. Huh. Wrestle them trying to tire him out. Some scholars believe uh, uh, the reason why Jacob kept fighting is because he thought it was his brother Esau. And he said, I'm not going to die like this. You ain't about to pin me down. You ain't about to beat me. You ain't about to take me out. I ain't dying like this. Even though I'm dealing with some stuff, I can't die like this. I don't know who I'm talking to, but it's about seven of you who's been wrestling with God. And God said, the reason why he brought you to this wrestling match is because he heard what you said. You said, you said, you, you were tired of dealing with psychological warfare. I'm tired of feeling depressed. I'm tired of suicidal thoughts. I'm tired of hiding behind this mouth. I'm tired of living like this. I wish God would just take my life. I wish I, I, I would just die. But God said, I brought you to this place to prove to you that you ain't ready to die. Y'all missed it. He said, he said, if you ready, if you was ready to die, you wouldn't be wrestling with me. This is your way out. Why are you fighting so hard? You can get out of this. Go ahead and let me go. Why are you fighting me then? I'm still in verse 24, and the Bible says he wrestled with him until the breaking of day. He wrestled with him in the late midnight hours. Some of you under the sound of my voice is in this night season. You, you've been wrestling with God in the nighttime season. You, you've been wrestling about your assignment. You've been wrestling about your financial stability. You've been wrestling about your purpose. You've been wrestling about the position he placed you in. You've been wrestling about the difficulty you've been going through. You've been wrestling about your relationship. You've been wrestling about your womanizing spirit. You've been wrestling about your overeating. You've been wrestling about your unfulfilled dream. You've been wrestling about the call that God has on your life. In this season, you've been fighting with God. But the Bible says he wrestled with him to the breaking of day. He, he wrestled with him huh, uh, until the sun started peeping over the horizon. He wrestled with him between darkness and light. Darkness cannot pierce light, but light can pierce the darkness. All right, let me see if I can help you out. God, God's been wrestling with you in this season so that he can bring you into the light. Y'all missed it. He's been wrestling, you, wrestling with you in this season so that he can bring you into the light. He's been wrestling you out of your darkness, out of your dim, out of your dark situation so that you can see the light. All right. The Bible suggests Jacob got to this place and God met him in his darkness. But God wasn't finished wrestling with him until he suspended him between darkness and light. He, he, wasn't, he, wasn't, he wasn't done with him until he, he put him in a place to where he had to make decisions. Y'all can help me preach it if you want to. Yeah. Then, then the text says, God saw. This is crazy. Then the text says, God saw 
he couldn't win. That he couldn't prevail against Jacob. What kind of God is that? A God who can't beat man? A God who can't beat humanity? What kind of God is that? Then it dawned on me, Jacob was wrestling with the pre-incarnated Christ. He, 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 he sees what, what appears to be God. But, but, but it's the spirit of, 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 of it's not the, the incarnated full Christ. So, so, so it, it looks like flesh. It, it feels like something. But it's, but it's the spirit there. He, he's wrestling in the presence of God. So God decides that I can't beat Jacob huh. oh, while he's wrestling in his flesh. Because if I flex on him, I'll kill him. So, so in order to get his attention, this is what God does. He breaks him. Have you ever noticed in this season God got you in? He's breaking you up some things. He's, he's breaking you from the spirit of depression. He's, He's, he's breaking you from the spirit of alcoholism. He, he's breaking you from the spirit of pornography. He's breaking you from the spirit of sexual, homosexuality. He's breaking you from lying. He's breaking you from cheating, stealing, and adultery. He's breaking you of being controlling. He's breaking you of being egotistical and overzealous. He's breaking you. Awesome some things. There's a story about, about, a, about a mother who was potty training her child her and her husband, and while they were potty training their child, uh, uh, she told him, she said, listen, son, you ain't wearing pampers no more. You ain't wearing pull-ups at night. You're five years old. You're going to have to get up. Get up. Go to the bathroom. My, the little boy looked at her and said, okay, mama, I'm going to go to the bathroom. So first night, Tried it out, put on some regular underwear. He went to sleep, peed on himself, woke up in the middle of the night, crying. Mom came in the room and said, didn't I tell you to go to the bathroom? Said, Mom, I thought I still had on. Pull up. Thought, thought I still had on the pamper. Said, all right, let's clean you up. Go back to bed. Next night comes around, it's bedtime, he goes to sleep, he feels that he got to pee, he gets up, looks around, and it's dark. So he goes back to sleep, he said, I ain't going to the bathroom, it's too dark. A few hours later, he pees on himself, wakes up in the middle of the night, start crying. Mama come in and say, boy, what's wrong? said, I did it again. She said, didn't I tell you? Go to the bathroom. He said, Mom, it was dark. I was scared. It was, it was dark. I, 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 you ain't leave a light on for me. She said, okay. That's a good one. Cleaned him up, put him back to bed. Next day comes, night rolls around. This time, goes to sleep. Feels that he got to pee. And he sees the light. When he sees the light, he looks around the corner, said it's still dark down that hallway, so I'm going back to sleep. 
goes to sleep, pees on himself again. Mom comes in and says, what happened this time? Said, it wasn't enough light. Wasn't enough light, Ma. That hallway was long and it was dark. I went back to sleep. I, I seen some shadows on the wall. I, I, I went back to sleep. I'm sorry, Mom. Said, all right. This time, she put a nightlight in his room, turned on all the lights in the house. <laughs> Night rolls around. He goes to sleep. Wakes up. I got to pee. Sees that there's a lot of light. And he goes back to sleep. <laughs> Said, woke up, started crying. Said, what happened this time? She's, he said, Ma, you weren't there to take me. She said, so you need me to go to the bathroom with you? Said, well, it'd be nice. I mean, the lights was on, but I, I just need you to sit there with me because I didn't want to sit in there by myself. So the next night rolls around. She go wakes him up, takes him to the bathroom. He uses it, goes back to sleep. While he goes back to sleep, she goes to sleep. He wakes up, get out the bed, and goes to the bathroom by himself. She hears the toilet flush. She roll over to her husband and said, honey, did you hear that? He said, yeah. He said, I'm breaking him. Of some things. I'm, I'm breaking him. So a few weeks passed by, this, this goes on. He was having, he was in between being breaking and, and broken. And finally, he, he figured something out. He said, if I go to the bathroom before I go to sleep, maybe uh, I can catch the sunrise uh, when I go to the bathroom. So he tried it out. He woke up, it was about 7.30 in the morning. He said, all right, I'm good to go. I don't need nobody. The sun is out, the sun is shining. And so here Jacob is in the same situation. Being breaking, getting, getting broken. Huh. Get, getting broken into some, to some pieces, but, but now he, he's not wrestling no more. Huh. He says, I get it now, I see the light. Uh, uh, I, I see the light. You want me to walk in the, the beautiful light? I see it shining. I, I see where it comes, where, where the dew drops of mercy shine bright. I see the light. Verse 28 says uh, uh, something crazy, and it teaches us uh, this in the text, that, that brokenness and power go together. You, you can't have power unless you've been broken. You can't have victory unless you've been defeated. You, you can't experience triumph unless you experience tragedy. You, you can't have a breakthrough unless you've been broken. You, you can't have a real ministry unless you feel experience real misery. You, you can't have glory without pain. You, you can't have mountaintop experiences without valley. You can't experience Calvary without Jesus. So, Get a sip of water real quick. All right, we good. So, <laughs> Jacob 
name has changed. And Jacob is testified that, that your name can be changed. His name went from Jacob to Israel. But his name couldn't go from Jacob to Israel unless he was broken. Israel means God's people. Israel is the apple of God's eye. Israel, in the text corny, is the apple God's eye. So, 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 so the text is tailored to teach us that God can use broken people. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'll say, I'll say for you again, Israel means God's people. Yes, Jacob went from Jacob went to from Jacob to Israel. Israel, Jacob, Jacob got broken, but his name got changed. Yes. And so God, that teaches us that God can use us even though we've been broken. Oh, you missed your chance to shout. Is there any broken people here? Uh, God wants to use you. He, he, he says, now that you're broken, I can use you. Now that you're broken, I can fix you. Now that you're broken, I can heal you. Now that you're broken, I can deliver you. Now that you're broken, you can operate in your gear. Now that you're broken, you ain't got to worry about being like nobody. Now that you're broken, you can operate in your own identity. Now that you're broken, you can operate in your own purpose. I'm in the closing arguments on my text. Text is telling the teachers, that you have to deal with the consequences of what you've done. But God will still bless you in spite of what you did. That's good news for somebody that God will still bless you in spite of the mistakes that you made. Uh, because if you remember, Jacob stole Esau's blessing. He, he jacked it from him. Uh, Jacob uh, was already blessed by God through his earthly father. Uh, but then God directly blessed Jacob. Uh, uh, not because he deserved him, but because he loved him enough uh, to give it to him. Uh, uh, to give it to Israel. Uh, so the text is telling to teach us that God doesn't have to reveal his name to us. Uh, uh, he just has to show you that he can bless you. Uh, uh, but, but, but this provides uh, so, uh, so, some critical stuff. He, he, he shows you that, that he can provide for you uh, yes. by doing something for you that no other power can do. Yes. It also teaches us that, 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 that God provides blessings to his people after they've been disobedient. Yes. Uh, finally, I'm in verse, uh, verse 30. The text is tailored to teach us that the pre-incarnated Christ didn't, he, he didn't really see the, the face of God. Because Moses, because God would tell Moses, no one has seen my face and lived. But, but, but it teaches us that, that we can see God through the lens of our brokenness. It allows us to understand that God could have killed us, but he broke us. Now, now I understand what the summer says. When the summer says, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. 
Yeah. Now, now don't get it twisted. Joy didn't come cheap. Didn't come cheap. It came at the price of brokenness. It didn't come cheap. It came at the price of sacrifice. It didn't come cheap. It came at the price of darkness. It didn't come cheap. It, it came at the price of internal wounds. It, it didn't come cheap. It, it came at the price of loneliness. It didn't come cheap. It came at the, the price of forgiveness. It, it didn't come cheap. It, it came at the price of feeling forsaken. It, it didn't come cheap. It came at the price of pain. It, it didn't come cheap uh, to Israel, uh, but, but it came with the price of a limp. <laughs> For the Bible says the wages of sin is death. <laughs> but the gift of God is eternal life. <laughs> I got news for you this morning. <laughs> Salvation isn't truly free, <laughs> but it came as a price. <laughs> it, it was dark <laughs> and it was dreary one Friday, y'all. They nailed Jesus to an old rugged cross and put nails in his hand, uh, put a crown of thorns on his head. They, they laid him there and drove nails in his feet. They made him carry his cross up Calvary. They placed him there in the center uh, of the universe. The sun uh, refused to shine. The stars refused to shine. He was there on the cross and he said seven sayings. He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He let a thug in the heaven. He took care of his mama. He felt forsaken. But even though in the midst of all of that, the Bible says he could have came down, but he stayed right there. He stayed right there while they beat him all Friday. He stayed there while they, they nailed him in his hands. He stayed there while they twisted and plotted his shoulders. He stayed there all Friday night. But I hear somebody saying that it's Friday right now. But Sunday is coming. And so he stayed there and then he let his life go. I heard that he went down to hell and preached a few days there. That death and the grave had a little bet going on. Death said, I got him. I killed him. I took him out. Grave, all I think I need you to do is hold him. He said, if you can hold on to Jesus, uh, we'll have the victory. Uh, Grave said, I've been holding on to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I've been holding on to all the prophets, and I've been holding on to Ezekiel. I've been holding on to Paul, and I've been holding on to the people. He said, what make you think I can't hold on to Jesus? Uh, he held him all Saturday. Held him all Saturday night. Uh, he texts Grave and said, it's getting rocky right now. But early, I wish I had somebody here. Early Sunday morning, he got up with all power in his hands. I got feel clapping in my hands. I feel running in my feet. I found out that God can get me. If he can get up, he can get me up. Is there anybody here that he got you up this morning, started you on your way, brought you through some brokenness. He said, you ain't got to wait till the battle is over. You can shout right now because he's getting ready to take your life to another level.
Uh, got a question for you. One more question. Need you to testify. Just one more question. Uh, won't he fight your battles? Yeah. Won't he make your enemies your footstool? Yeah. Won't he hold you in the midnight hours? Won't he rock you to sleep when it don't seem like nobody's there? Won't he do it? 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 Ain't he all right? Ain't he all right? Ain't he all right? Ain't he all right? He's all right. Yeah. Yeah. 